When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, Nuggets Nation? This is your host, Ethan, and I'm here to bring you guys episode 21 of Nuggets Nation. This episode is going to recap the Denver Nuggets first Oklahoma City Thunder game. Before I get into the recap, I first do need to announce the giveaway that I am doing. One of these first 500 subscribers who follows and subscribes to this podcast will have an opportunity to win a free Nicole Yokich jersey. So all you have to do is subscribe and follow, and if you win the jersey, I will ship it out on my dime, and you will just tell me your size, and I will buy that size so it fits you exactly. So on that note, let's get into tonight's game. So the Nuggets lost tonight's game 105 to 100 points to 100, and before I talk about the game, there's a few things that are worthy to point out. The Oklahoma City Thunder were without Jalen Williams, their second best player. He is averaging just around 20 points this season, so he's a really good player. He is their starting small forward slash power forward. He's really good, and they were for sure at a loss without him tonight. The Nuggets were at a bigger loss tonight, and they did not have Nikola Jokic. He was back in Denver with a lower back injury is what I took away from Twitter and Michael Malone pregame and the announcers talking briefly about the injury that he was encountering. So they were without Nikola Jokic. This was going to be a tough game, even with Nikola Jokic, but without Nikola Jokic, this game was going to be like climbing Mount Everest, kind of. It was a really tough game against a really tough opponent on the road, which I want to stress that winning on the road is really hard to do in today's NBA, and I know I've stressed that in other episodes, but I'm going to continue to stress it in this episode, especially when you're without the best player in the world and your MVP, your finals MVP. It's really tough to win. And the fact that the Nuggets were even in this game, I think, is a positive. The fact that they almost had an opportunity to win at the end of the game is a positive. I think the Nuggets honestly should have won this game tonight. I think with better rebounding, like Mike Malone said, they win this game. That last possession when we don't get the rebound and Chet Holgram hits a three, they get that rebound. They're down one with like 30 seconds, 35 seconds to go. Opportunity to put up a shot and get the lead, whether it's two or a three. So they had multiple opportunities to win this game tonight. 
Peyton Watson not getting in foul trouble. Zeke Naji not seeing the floor. He should not be allowed to see the floor. He is terrible. Zeke Naji is not good. Um, I want to support the guy, but there's nothing positive to say about the man. He is playing absolutely horrible. He is not worthy of seeing the floor. The Nuggets are at a deficit when he does see the floor. He was a minus 12 tonight in eight minutes, which is pretty tough to do, but he somehow did it. Every time he touches the ball, it leads to a turnover or a missed shot or just nothing good. Nothing good comes when Zeke Naji touches the ball. And I know that you couldn't play DeAndre Jordan in today's game because you needed someone a little more athletic and you were without Nikola Jokic. So Aaron Gordon was playing top-heavy minutes as he played roughly 39 minutes in tonight's game. So backup big man was an issue for the Nuggets tonight. And I don't know if that issue is going to be solved if Jokic is out another game or two. So this game was a barometer of where the Nuggets were at and I think it's a good spot the defense was excellent tonight the defense for the Nuggets allowed 19 points in the first quarter uh they were just tremendous they scored 28 in the first quarter so the Nuggets outscored the Thunder by nine in the first quarter the first quarter was an incredible first quarter for the Denver Nuggets I thought they played really well the shots were falling the offense was in rhythm everyone was shooting the ball the passing was working well they were getting stops leading to points They were forcing turnovers on the defensive side. They played really well. The second quarter was a bit of a letdown from the first quarter, but that was almost as to be expected. Jamal Murray was not going to play as many minutes in the second as he did the first, and the defense faltered a little bit. Not tremendously, but they did falter slightly as they allowed 28 points in the second quarter and scored 23 themselves. The offense in the second quarter is where things started to take a hit. If they could have scored 25 or 26 points in the second quarter, they would have done themselves a much better opportunity I would argue so they were up three entering the halftime or four sorry they were up four points entering half and they got outscored by five in the third quarter they allowed 26 in the third scored 21 so the defense again or not the defense the offense again was the prompt they could not score and then finally in the fourth quarter they allowed 32 and scored 28 themselves but with around three minutes to go in the third quarter and entering the first three minutes of the fourth quarter the Nuggets incurred a 2-20 to run that the Thunder were on. So the Nuggets got outscored by 18 points in that window. And that window was when Zeke Nagy saw the floor again. That's why he was such a minus because he is so bad. He cannot play. I don't know how I can stress this more. Zeke Nagy cannot play. He is so bad. Like Michael Malone, I'm begging you that he never sees the floor again this season unless it's a 20-point game either direction so he can't see the floor that's for that's for the first thing so I don't think the Nuggets need to trade for a backup big man slash center necessarily because Aaron Gordon will play that position in the playoffs is it a luxury to have another guy who you can trust and play absolutely and I think it's something the Nuggets might look into doing but by no means is it a a need or a, a must so Zeke Naji's play is a major reason as to why the Nuggets lost this game if he could have just been all right or moderate the Nuggets win this game Peyton Watson doesn't get into foul trouble. The Nuggets probably win this game. Jamal Murray takes five more shots. The Nuggets might win this game. Aaron Gordon struggled from the free throw line, but Aaron Gordon was also the best Nugget tonight out there. Probably, I would say, him or Jamal Murray or maybe Michael Porter. Michael Porter's shot was not falling until the end of the fourth quarter, so I don't want to say that he was the best player because he wasn't consistently there for the Nuggets all night. Aaron Gordon was. He was... Him and Jamal were the only consistent guys. Jamal had 14 points and scored two in the fourth. He really struggled when it came to scoring. They just could not get free looks. The Thunder were really physical in the defensive end. They really made the Nuggets work for every bucket. The Nuggets got to the free throw line. Besides Aaron Gordon, the Nuggets were perfect in the line. Aaron Gordon was 1-6 from the free throw line. So he's got to be better, even if he just makes two, three more free throws. I think that's what's as expected. Like 4-6, of six, I think, is the worst that he 
can acceptably shoot from the line, which is like 60 something percent. So you got to just stay in that area. But the Nuggets got out rebounded tonight. They did not rebound the ball. Well, they allowed so many second choice, second chance opportunities. They have got to get better rebounding the ball off Miss threes, that is something the Nuggets were way better at last year than they are this year, and having Nikola Jokic obviously helps, but that's been an issue for the past few weeks, honestly, so that's not something Nikola Jokic is individually fixing for the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets need to find bodies when opposing shots are going up from three and boxing guys out. I don't care where you are on the floor. You need to box guys out, and Michael Malone reiterated that message after the game tonight. I haven't listened to his post-game conference. I saw a tweet about what he had said, so that's why I'm referencing this. I will listen to his conference when I'm done releasing this podcast. I just have to be up super early tomorrow due to uh, an appointment that I have, so I'm recording this podcast directly after the game right now. So the Nuggets the Nuggets played well. They were in this game for 42 minutes tonight. The fourth quarter, they were trailing and just trying to play catch-up. Previous that, the first three quarters, the Nuggets were winning and or just even within that. So playing catch-up is a really hard thing to do without your best player, the best player in the world. So hopefully Nikola Jokic is back for Friday's game against the Portland Trailblazers, but he might not be. It could be a few games he might be out, and the Nuggets 100% need Jokic healthy for the three-game road trip that they have coming up against the Lakers, the Sacramento Kings, and the Milwaukee Bucks. So if he has to miss the next two games against the Portland Trailblazers, I think that is okay. Not I think. I know that is okay because as Nuggets fans, we don't need a situation like the 76ers have going on with Joel Embiid. The 76ers have mismanaged Joel Embiid's knee injury tremendously. He didn't play on Saturday against the Denver Nuggets, as we all know. And I want to just talk a little bit about my rant that I had. And I, the rant is deserved. The rant that I had, just for clarification purposes, was about the way the Sixers handled the injury. How he was not listed on the injury report. That was my entire rant. If Joel Embiid is injured, he should not play point is simple. Is he injured consistently? 100%. And does him being injured consistently affect his MVP voting and where he should fall in terms of being the best player in the world? 100%. Because being available matters to be deemed the best player in the world, as Tom Brady says. And Tom Brady is the GOAT. So Tom Brady knows his shit. And I think he's a great sports advocate for whatever sport, obviously football primarily, but being available applies to any sport that you play in any profession, to be honest. So availability matters, and the Sixers have completely mismanaged Joel Embiid's injury because they clearly allowed him to play on Tuesday night against the Golden State Warriors, and they lost. And he re-aggravated his knee injury. Draymond Green fell on it, Kaminga fell on it, and he really hurt his knee. So he got an MRI, I believe, today or tomorrow. He's currently flying back to Philly to get a second evaluation on his knee, and he is going to be out for the 76ers road trip game against the Utah Jazz. So not only is he going to be out that game, which is rather irrelevant in the long-term picture for the Sixers, Joel Embiid's question is up in the air for the next coming weeks, potentially, or months, depending on how severe this injury is. And for the Sixers, Joel Embiid is, in your, in the Sixers' eyes, the best player in the world for them. As the Nuggets fans, he's probably the second best player in the world. But it's perspective and it's bias, and we also have to understand where teams are coming from, and they value him as the best player in the world most likely, and that's all right. They're, that's his team and that's his organization, which makes sense. So on that note, when you value someone as the best player in the world and you allow them to play through an injury that could get significantly worse, that's a highly questionable decision. And you did it in a game that was a regular season game that, at the end of the day, doesn't really hold that much effect because they were playing the Golden State Warriors, which is a Western Conference team. And, yeah, they might have lost the game. But here's the thing. 
At the end of the day, if Joel Embiid is not available for the playoffs or not fully healthy for the playoffs at the bare minimum, the Sixers aren't winning shit. So in order for you to win a finals, which is what the Sixers goal is, you need Joel Embiid healthy in 100%. So if Joel Embiid cannot be healthy at 100%, the Sixers are at fault. They're not going to do well. They're not going to go far. So this is a huge mismanagement, a huge what the fuck are you doing, Sixers organization? You are, you're putting your best player out there on one leg and he was hobbling all night. It was, what are you doing as a fan who watched the game? It was, get him out there. Like, if that was Nikola Jokic, I would have been screaming at the fucking TV. Like, pull him out. They, he cannot play if he's injured. Like, he's too good to be playing. They need him. And that's why tonight, for instance, when Nikola Jokic sits out, no one's questioning that decision because he does have a back injury and it has been bothering him if you've noticed his play recently and he's even subtly mentioned it and you need him healthy for the stretch that we have and the all-star break is around the corner so him sitting out a game especially when we played in Denver on Monday we play in Denver on Friday and Sunday and then we go back on the road the following Thursday if he can be in Denver for like almost two weeks, like what a luxury that is in the regular season, the way the schedule is falling. So I totally understand that decision. And I actually even thought about it ahead, how this is just a one-off game. They're just traveling for one game and they're going to come back tonight to Denver. So I wasn't expecting Jokic to play honestly tonight. And it is what it is. I thought they were going to give him a scheduled rest day slash injury day, whatever you want to call it. And it makes sense for the Nuggets. And the effort out of the team was spectacular tonight. It's the effort that I expect to see without Nikola Jokic. And this goes to show that the Nuggets have championship DNA, championship level defense, and a championship level culture and team and coach. So there are a few things that I would question about tonight's game. I thought Peyton Watson's usage was questionable. I really like Peyton Watson, and I've been raving about Peyton Watson in my podcast recently about how he deserves more minutes because his defense has been off the charts, and he's been one of the NBA's best defensive players this season. But he did get into foul trouble in the fourth, in the third quarter. He picked up his fourth foul like early in the third quarter, and Michael Malone sat him for the rest of the third, which is, all right, that's justifiable. But to start the fourth, he wasn't playing, and it was Zeke Naji, and that's not a spot where Zeke Naji should be playing. Like, insert Peyton Watson and go with him at, at the five position. Run small. I know they had Chet Holgram out there, but just do it. He's way better than Zeke Naji, and he's about the same height as Zeke Naji. He's not as big, like in terms of mass, but... I would trust him way more than I trust Zeke, and if he picks up that fifth foul, okay, at least you're not going to be down eight points most likely and just go on a massive deficit, and instead, he sat on the bench and you went on a massive deficit. You went down 11 or 13 points, and then he checks back in and helps the team out defensively, and... I'd rather him pick up the fifth foul, have to sit out till the four-minute mark, five-minute mark in the fourth quarter, and then come back in and even foul out than go down that many points. Because instead of going down that many points, you can just try to stay within one, two possessions and then close out strong, which the Nuggets did somewhat of, not tremendously tonight. But oh, it, it, it's it's bothersome. This game is bothersome because they the game was at their fingertips and they just let it go, to be honest with you. They could have won this game. They should have won this game, I'd argue. The Nuggets lost by five points without their best player, and the Thunder were without their second best player in Jalen Williams too. So that is noteworthy to point out, But as I did at the start of this podcast. But just to remind you guys, uh, the Nuggets, they were right there. If they rebounded the ball a little better, there were two possessions in particular that stood out to me. The Nuggets were down one point at this point, under a minute. Nuggets initial, Thunder miss, can't cut the rebound. Ball goes to Chet Holgram. He hits a wide open three. There's no one in sight to guard the guy. It was Reggie Jackson's guy off the rebound. 
they don't get the rebound. If they get the rebound, they're down one with an opportunity to score with like 35 seconds left. And they probably will because they were executing offensively in the two-pointer game. Threes were not falling in the second half, but the twos were. So you just, you got to do what's falling. And another possession that stood out to me was KCP pulling up for three on a three-on-one. And I don't really like to criticize KCP because he's a really smart veteran player, but that was a, that was a silly decision, I would argue. That was a really silly decision. And I'd rather get the two there. Just helps, cuts the lead a little closer in the moment because on the ensuing possession, the Thunder hit a three. So that was a big swing for the Nuggets right there. And then one more possession that was absolutely killer that fully put the nail in the coffin for the Nuggets was when Reggie Jackson took a five-second violation inbounding the ball down four points after the Chet Holgram three, and you had a timeout left. Like, you have to call that fucking timeout, Reggie Jackson. You were too veteran and too old of a player to not recognize the scenario you are in. Was it a quick five seconds as the announcers alluded to? 100%. Was it probably like four or four and a half? Yeah. But the thing is, you need to call timeout, though. Like, you can't let the refs make that decision. You need to be the smarter player and recognize you have a timeout. You need to call it. Because if you hit a three there or even a two, you're still very much in the game. There was still time. There was still 18 seconds on the clock. So that was that was incredibly stupid by Reggie. And that's something that cannot happen. That was absolutely unacceptable. And the start of the fourth quarter was also absolutely unacceptable. The Nuggets allowed a 20-2 run, which essentially kind of blew the game for the Denver Nuggets. They, from that point forward, lost all their momentum. They were trailing the rest of the fourth quarter and had to make up a 13-point deficit in the fourth quarter, which they almost did. They cut it to one, but they just couldn't finish the job. And when they call the Jokic, they 100% win tonight's game. But also then that means Jalen Williams plays. If we're going to play that, if Jokic plays, Williams plays, it's only fair. Let's put each team at 100% health. I still think the Nuggets win this game. They played really well, good team defense. This is the defense that we expect to see moving forward. It's important to see that they can continue to play this defense consistently night in and night out because this is the defense that they need to play to win an NBA Finals again. And I think seeing that they can play this defense when Jokic goes out because that's the way they're going to win these games without Jokic is important. They're not going to win just on offense. They're going to win on defense executing on offense and all the above but on that note I do want to preview a little bit of Friday's game against the Portland Trailblazers the Nuggets are going up against the Portland Trailblazers who are not good they are currently 14 and 33 I believe and they are currently playing the Milwaukee Bucks so if they lose tonight's game they will go to 14 and 34 the game is currently 81 apiece in the third quarter so it's a really tight game that I will put on to watch after I'm done podcasting for you all but Portland Trailblazers are not to be underestimated. This game tonight is a little more personal for them as Damian Lillard is back in town, so it's a bit personal. But they play Denver Friday and Sunday on the road, the Trailblazers do. So the Nuggets, both both of those got to be wins. I don't care if Jokic suits up for one or none. They need to be wins. The Portland Trailblazers are trash, and you got to beat them. They're not good enough to beat you. The Portland Trailblazers have two good players Simons and Jeremy Grant and then Shaden Sharp's good as well as Malcolm Brogdon so they're not horrible their defense is not good the Trailblazers they've really struggled defensively this season so attacking the paint against the Trailblazers is, is going to be first and foremost I would say they're allowing 116.7 points a game so almost seven more than the Nuggets are this season so they have got to attack the Trailblazers in the paint. And the Trailblazers are only averaging 108 points a game. So if you can play defense like you did tonight and you attack the paint and really attack them um, on offense on Friday's game, I think you have a really good chance to win. If Jokic can't go, make sure you see Peyton Watson back in that starting lineup, Michael Malone, as he probably will. 
but I don't think the two-guard lineup with Reggie, KCP, and Jamal is a good way to start the lineup. I think it's too much of a liability defensively. P. Watt brings you good defense to start the first quarter, puts you in a good rhythm. He's a really good two-way player, and he's only continuing to get better. So, you know, as annoying as it is to not have Jokic out there, Peyton Watson getting starter minutes is incredibly valuable because Peyton Watson is going to provide a really big role for the Nuggets come the playoffs. I know I've talked about it, but tonight in the Denver Nuggets lost the Oklahoma City Thunder his role is evident for the team because he can step up when needed, and he looked really good alongside the starters, even in offense. There are some things on offense that he's continuing to just get better at. His confidence is continuing to grow, and Christian Braun had one of his better games too tonight, I have to say, to transition a little bit back to the game. Christian Braun was rebounding the hell out of the ball. He rebounded really well tonight. I thought his presence was noticeable. He hit a few key shots. He had 10 points, so one of his better offensive games. He had a nice layup in transition, and... He played well. He played well. This is one of his better games. He was active. He was moving around defensively. This is this is the type of player that they need him to be. And this is the type of player that he was in the finals for the Nuggets last year, which he was a key reason as to why the Nuggets won. He was a really good piece off the bench for them. So this is important for the Nuggets to just continue to string these wins together, though they didn't win tonight. They need to beat the Trailblazers both on Friday and Sunday. It's just stringing wins together because following that two-game homestand, the Nuggets get three games on the road against the Lakers, the Kings, and the Bucks. And the Lakers, they play on February 8th, which is a Thursday. The Kings on February 9th, which is a Friday. And then the Bucks on that Sunday or Monday. So it's a tough road trip. I think three games in four days. I believe they play the Bucks on Monday, but I will check and let you guys know that any minute so one second and i'll let you know yeah they play the bucks that monday so they play three games in four days which is really tough three games on the road back to back ironically they've already played the kings on a back-to-back earlier this year they played phoenix the night before on the road and then they went to sacramento so these are tough back-to-backs that the nuggets are encountering sacramento is really good at home the Nuggets should beat the Lakers. That game's on TNT, so that's going to be a really tough game. It's a rematch of what we got in night one of the NBA season against the Lakers. And obviously LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Hopefully LeBron James plays. He's been nursing a bit of an injury, but hopefully he's out there. The game's best when the GOAT LeBron's out there. So it's that simple. You want to see the best players play. That's why it's annoying that Joel Embiid didn't play the other day, but if he's injured, he's injured. So you got to let it be. But... It sucks when Jokic doesn't play just because, you know, this is not full-strength Nuggets and this this is not how they normally do look. So as a Nuggets fan, I think tonight is just a reminder for us to be incredibly grateful that we have Nikola Jokic on our team and how good he is. And this is a, just a reminder for how the Nuggets look tonight. They didn't even look bad, but how much better they look when he plays. So we got to all remind ourselves that and just take a deep breath. They didn't have Jokic. This is not a typical game for the Nuggets and the rotations were not the same. So this was almost like a preseason game that had stakes where players were trying and playing good minutes in a midseason game. If that's that's the best way to put it, to be honest. So it is what it is. We're moving on. We're moving on to Friday. We're putting this game behind us and we're moving on and hopefully they get these wins and make sure that you listen to this podcast and listen to the other ones. So on that note though, I just want to say go Nuggets and have a wonderful day and let's get this one on Friday.